0: at that so fancy
1: that is fancy
0: all right. hello and welcome to even footnotes a nerdy book club with even Footing games look at yep. professionalism that's all my streams have been of late professional
1: i'm, I'm Aaron. this is I'm jason. jason
0: and oh we already have commenters which means that there are actually people in here and the first thing they do is tell us to shut up hi kayla
1: oh nice thanks guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this month, okay, December. We were right. We're, we're a
1: little behind. Yeah, we took a couple weeks. Yeah,
0: Christmas holidays, things get rough. Like it's just a little, a little hard to schedule. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it 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 shuts down the the internet for a while. At least our ability to get on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's... But I found this fancy copy.
1: Ooh, that's a lot nicer than mine. Yeah.
0: It's very fancy. I got it at the Barnes and Noble hardcover sale, even though I swore I wasn't going to go.
1: Was it 50% off?
0: It wasn't. They did this weird thing where they did like 33% off, but then also for every something you got $20 off. Like, I think it was for every $50 you spent, you got $20 okay. in rewards. Okay. And so anyway, I spent like... Slightly more than a hundred dollars. So I went back and I got my kid so many Captain Underpants.
1: Well, that's what they're there for. <laughs>
0: exactly. Kids
1: love yeah. Captain Underpants.
0: My kid goes crazy for mm-hmm. Captain Underpants. Yep. Okay, so let's get into this. Let's get into it. It was a super confusing book for us to assign as the book, which I thought it was gonna be very easy, but yeah. everyone got very confused including me who thought I had it like figured out. And then I found out that there was like, it's because the book is called an abridged copy, like all the books.
1: But then it turns out that that the the book on tape version is an even more abridged version.
0: It's slightly more abridged. There is not all the back stuff I think is all the problem is. I, I did go through it and check. It was not like I think all the main story is there.
1: So they just did like the movie part without all yeah. the extra stuff. Okay.
0: None of the the extra stuff. Right. <laughs> the chapters can't be ten thousand pages long. They,
1: the book is only like three hundred and fifty. Come on. So.
0: And like the actual part of the book is only like two hundred.
1: Right, like, pages. A, right. The the part that's just there's the, a whole the lot of Yeah. 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 We well, yeah, all the extras make up arguably the I guess the main story, or at least the, the story he was trying to tell. Her. Do you want to describe or I mean do you want to explain how for those folks who haven't read the books? Because I know a lot of people didn't realize there was a book. Yeah. Um,
0: so this is a book where the premise of the book is that this guy was read a book when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And that when he finally finds the book as an adult, he finds that what his dad read him and what the book actually said were very different. But because he was an author, he could go back in and abridge it to be better.
1: Right.
0: Taking out all the boring parts, putting in more action, putting in more dashing escapes and Mm. romance and right. Except for the some of the romance that he's like, oh, that was a private moment. (laughs) It's anyway. So the whole framing of the story is that this is not his story that he's telling. And I went on Reddit for just a hot second, and like so many people think that really it is like Morgan Stern's book,
1: not William Goldman's. S Morgan Stern, yeah,
0: yes who is not a real person. No.
1: He's the fake I'm author of the I'm here to tell you. Book. Yes.
0: Hot take.
1: But William Goldman the writer did publish other books under the S Morganstern alias without the without the, the the framework, just, you know, a book written by S Morganstern. Yeah, no, like so it yeah. was
0: also a pen name. Mm-hmm. But I think this one was first?
1: Yes, this was the first one. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So and it's confusing though. So people were like, oh, I can only get the audiobook and it says it's abridged. And so a lot of people, including myself, cause I only just got this like at the end of the month, mm-hmm. I thought, oh man, I must've missed so much of it once I looked at this book, but mostly it's extras and art.
1: Right. Cause there's, it's there's real, a,
0: it's a chunk.
1: Yeah. By the time you but put in all of the, the, the like the stuff he wrote for different anniversaries and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. doubled the but size. But I book. mean,
0: oh. and see how big, see how big the writing is. Like it doesn't take up that whole page. That's what I was trying to explain. Like, yeah, it's a lot of pages, but like only half of the page has text on it.
1: <laughs> was that like the 50th the anniversary edition are, or something? Yeah.
0: It's uh, no, it's just a special edition.
1: Okay. Because the fiftieth anniversary of the book was last year, it was twenty twenty three. So, oh, I mean,
0: this says it is. Uh, it's got the introduction from the thirtieth, the twenty fifth, okay, and the tenth. Yep. So it's thirtieth. Okay.
1: So it's it's the most up to date version then, as far as yeah. yeah. And since William Goldman died about six or seven years ago, there probably isn't going to be another
0: no more. Version. Yeah, yeah, no more new. Inserts anyway. Right,
1: right. So, oh.
0: this is a story a lot of people are very familiar with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Because
0: a lot of us grew up on this movie. On this
1: movie, right.
0: That right. was released in 1987. Yep. I watched it when I was super young.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I've, I've probably seen it 100 times. I think I was yeah. five or six. Yeah.
0: Like it wasn't in theaters, but it was very mm-hmm. soon after. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do you want to do. Quick synopsis?
1: Yeah, we can do a quick synopsis. I have not yet rewatched it after reading the book. I didn't either. I kind of want to get my kids to watch it with me, like at least, (laughs) because they would be
0: bad at each other.
1: (laughs) They're probably about the age I was when I saw it for the first time, or at least maybe a couple years (laughs) older, even. So, well, quick. Okay, quick synopsis of the of the book. Like Aaron said, the the very quick framework is it is a fake abridgment of a fake book. But the framework around what became the movie of Princess Bride is William Goldman, who was a, who was an actual screenwriter. He actually, he won a couple Oscars for screenwriting for uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the Robert Redford, uh, Paul Newman film from the the late sixties, which is amazing. If you haven't seen it, And I think a couple other ones, a couple documentaries, but it's him trying to not only write the adaptation, but get it made into a movie. So a good chunk of the book that kind of interjects here and there. Is him talking about just how crazy it is to get anything accomplished in the seventies in Hollywood, while also that
0: was not in my copy.
1: Okay, so you didn't have that stuff in your copy. No, okay. I had okay. none of
0: that. I and I didn't notice it when I was going back, probably because I wasn't looking for that. But
1: okay, so that could have been added in later. How about the stuff with his family? How uh, he's his
0: his family? Yes, is and falling apart. He, so he yeah, yeah. did it for his son, who was, right. he didn't have.
1: Who right? Because the actual author exist. had two daughters. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he wants his son to read the book because he loved it so much. And that's how he kind of realizes that the actual book is not as exciting as he remembered because his dad right. was cutting out on boring parts. but but there's also a lot of stuff about the disillusion of his marriage in there in the framework as well. And I, as the either that the, or
0: I don't remember it.
1: Yes, yeah. And Caleb pretty much <laughs> nailed it. His his wife is or his son is fat and his wife is smart but emotionless.
0: I don't and remember any of that
1: in the in the later editions, the the twentieth, fifth, and the thirtieth anniversary. He's now trying to get his grandson into it, into the book. He divorced his wife. His son grew up and got not fat, and now he's trying to do the. He's trying to to, to treat his grandkid like he should have treated his son all those years ago. So like he's trying to 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 mm-hmm. re. So he takes his his grandson to Gilder, where the novel takes place, and the. the the Princess Bride in the book is treated as a history. It's, it's, yes. it, it all actually happened in this country called Gilder, which doesn't actually exist. But they go to Florin and the Gilder, they go to the museum. He takes his grandson to see uh, Indigo Sword and they, and they see a pair of, a set of Fezix clothes so they can measure how big everything is. And they find that S. Morgenstern was writing a sequel called Buttercup's Baby and they steal the first chapter from, of the sequel from the S. Morgenstern Museum and that, Gets added in as well as a kind of an addendum because William Goldman wanted to write a sequel. He just he just couldn't get back into it. So he, he would write little bits and kind of add them in, but he just never got it done. But anyway, Princess Bride, Wesley and Buttercup. Wesley is a farm boy. Buttercup is a, a
0: kind of yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They fall in love. He goes off to to make his fortune. Gets killed by pirates. She gives up on life and agrees to marry the evil prince of the country. And then she gets kidnapped by some kidnappers and then kidnapped from the kidnappers by the man in black. And it turns out the man in black is actually Wesley. And then they they sword fights and they escape from the prince and live happily ever after. It's pretty standard fairy tale fair, but everything's um, kind of good.
0: Rick says, Why is not that always an improvement? Because of that phobia. And, yeah. you know, society, yeah. I mean,
1: that. And I, and I hate, I hate to give the whole, um, you know, it was a book of its time, but it was written in the seventies. Like that was they, not, not to excuse that, but that was, you know, more of or of the mindset. Um, yeah.
0: Also, I mean, and honestly, I, I, there were, de- I definitely thought it was going to be worse.
1: <laughs> okay. Was, how so?
0: I just thought that they were like they definitely did about how Buttercup was plain, and then she didn't eat for a week, and then she had lost the baby.
1: <laughs> it wasn't that she didn't eat for she was she she was grieving. She was yes. what made her more beautiful was the wisdom of a broken heart. That's what made her the no. Most beautiful, but also woman the that he said, but that also the she not eating. Hadn't eaten. Yeah, yeah. But also the <laughs> not eating. Yeah.
0: However, like, I don't feel like they, besides at the beginning of book of the book, it didn't come into play that much, and so I guess that's what I thought was better is we weren't constantly, but you did have the whole like the perfect set of breasts mm-hmm. that is that is
1: the <laughs> the iconic line from the movie, yeah,
0: yes, and honestly, it is very much like the movie.
1: Well, that was, and I think that's kind of cool, because I, I think he, he definitely, he was a screenwriter, so you, you can tell he was writing the book to hopefully adapt this into a screenplay at some point. So yeah. there are there are lines from the book that are
0: the,
1: made it right. Yeah. Right. And there are lines from the movie that were improvements on lines from the book. You can tell where he, like, decided, oh, well, this line's not so good, I'm going to rewrite it for the movie, so.
0: Yeah. I honestly, for the most part, I th- I felt like especially like because you couldn't have as much time with like Anigo and, mm-hmm. and Fezzik, like yeah. I still felt like very much like I knew their characters from the mm-hmm. movie and from the book, and it made sense. Yeah. What they were able to do with the rhyming was really cute in the very short amount of time in the movie to tell you the backstory that they had been like kind of doing limericks to each other back and forth right, right. like it was i thought that was very cute and well done but yeah i mean it was pretty it was pretty similar except for i would say the pit of despair was being, the zoo
1: of death in the in the yes book. yeah
0: honestly the pit of despair is so
1: much better it was much better yeah yeah <laughs> the 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 zoo of death in the book was um but It's exactly what it sounds like. Prince Humperdinck liked to to hunt and kill something every day. So he had this giant underground zoo filled with all sorts of dangerous animals. It's like level one was the fastest and level two was the strongest and level three was all poisonous animals and level four was all yeah. whatever. And then at the very bottom of the of the zoo, that's where the machine was. That's that's where.
0: Well, and it was empty, though, for most of it. He right. Because he hadn't
1: found things. the most dangerous thing yet. Yes. Man.
0: Felt um, very the most dangerous game, kind of. I'm waiting to oh, yeah. fill this up with
1: humans. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> was. I mean, once he found Wesley, he was like, Yes, put him in the basement. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Caleb's right. I liked, I thought the Zoo of Death was really cool. There's a, the, when, when Fezzik and, and Inigo go down there. Yeah. And they, Fezzik crushes a giant snake and they're in the dark getting attacked by rabies or bats with rabies like and they r- can't speak. Yeah. Right. And and Inigo like uses the air currents to stab them all with his. It's it's a pretty cool scene, yeah. However, um, it is
0: in the dark, and it would not have worked. It wouldn't you have worked. Yeah, completely yeah. correct.
1: The whole yeah, adapting that would have been half of the budget of the movie right there. You know, yeah. Today you see you CGI all those titles. Maybe you can do something with it, but. I'm hoping that they, they never remake it.
0: I don't know. Um, they did re you know they remade it during COVID. Like a whole bunch of Hollywood
1: Well, they did like people. a reenactment or yeah, yeah. Like, a, yeah. like the the fan the fan reenactment. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good.
0: It wasn't a fan, it was all stars. Like Well, that's what well, they, all...
1: they, they they being fans yeah. of the yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fair um, enough.
1: I was actually in a, a an ad, a live version adaptation in college of the Color Princess, me bride. shocked. Yeah, right? Can you can you imagine it? We trained with the Penn State <laughs> fencing team for like three weeks. It was pretty cool.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah, it was. But yeah, so the did you feel like the book like the story of the Princess Bride in the book, did you feel like he was messing with, with fairy tale tropes, or do you feel like he was more pointing out kind of the subtext that that already existed in a lot of like those grim, you know, the grim brother fairy tales and stuff like that?
0: I tend to feel like For the most part, I didn't feel so much a subversion of tropes. I felt like he was falling in line with tropes, mostly Mm -hmm. with just like kind of a comedy bent. Mm -hmm. And you can tell like it's not supposed to be super serious. Yeah. But I didn't think that there was anything groundbreaking in the... I felt like it was all pretty much according to what you would have imagined. And obviously, this is something that is older. Like, it was written in the 60s, 70s?
1: Like, 73, I think. 73 or 74 it was published, Yeah. yeah.
0: So, like, it's old, but, like, it's... And so maybe at the time, it would have been more... You know, I don't know, grandpa. In back in the day <laughs> in the seventies.
1: I I was not around for the seventies, all right? I know.
0: I know. I'm just I, kidding. I, I missed uh, him
1: by sixteen days, but I was not around in the seventies. <laughs>
0: Jason is all of four years older than me. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> However, the I just I don't know that it would have been so like, I don't know if it seemed very subver- subvertive mm-hmm. of its time because right. I don't know that I have, I mean, besides like classics like Tolkien, mm-hmm. like I don't know that most of the stuff that I had read was even as a child was post like eighties sci-fi right. and fantasy. Right. So
1: I can see the, the book being very much a precursor to, Piers Anthony's Xanth series in the eighties or, or even Terry Pratchett, you know, the Discworld stuff kind of the silliness without the satire though. I, yeah, I, I never felt like it was really the satirical stuff was the, was the, the family life stuff was the, was the real life stuff to me. That was, that was, yeah, more and I, don't commentary.
0: Rem- I will admit that I read this, read this, I'd listened mm-hmm. to it while I was driving over two hours had my kid in the car, was like, hey, by the way, this is a totally appropriate book that if you and you've seen the movie, so you could listen to. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna watch Captain Underpants. Like <laughs> as we said, crazy for Captain Underpants, but like it was kind of a fun, like it was like watching a movie in my head, but it was two and a half hours. Yeah, like I maybe it was just the quickness of the time that I spent with it, but I don't feel like. There's stuff that I, I may have missed or mm-hmm. that wasn't in the abridged abridged version right, of the book. Right.
1: So yeah, so so his his interjecting. I definitely notes. don't
0: remember him saying that his son was fat and his wife was. Yeah, soulless. see, I think.
1: Yeah, so so <laughs> if you if you're, if you're looking for the book on tape, don't because apparently it is it is yeah. just the core story. It is just the movie. It's not. Yeah.
0: And I is, thought it was fun enough that I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I was there," and I was like, "Ooh, special edition! I like pretty books." So I was like, "I'll get it," which I actually now kind of want to go back and revisit that kind of frame story stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. Even Honestly, if the, it's terrible, some of it. it's
1: it's a, it's a guy who is putting uh, his career before his family, and he's not a good guy, and you kind of realize that as as, as it goes on which is what makes the later frameworks that he writes about, you know, with his grandson and trying to make right what he screwed up in his relationship with his, his son, with his grandson makes it even sadder, you know, more tragic Mm because, because he's, he's a guy who realizes he messed up. I'm looking for like an example of some of the interjections. So there are parts where in, in the, as it's going through the main story, you'd get like a footnote where he would be like, you know, Author here, I cut out the next 60 pages because they were just talking about how pretty Buttercup's hat was. And apparently, this was, I've, I've been told this is very hilarious Florinese satire, but it doesn't make any sense to me because this book was written 150 years ago. So I'm just <laughs> going to cut that and we're going to skip to the zoo. You know, so it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff like that in there. But uh, yeah, I think you, 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 if you lose, if you don't have that in the audiobook, then you've lost a big chunk of it because. There are parallels between what he's going through in his life and what the characters are experiencing. That
0: oh, that, may, that makes me that makes me feel like I'm less even less, you know, good for this to discuss it. But so few of people actually finished the book this month because it was in December because it was a busy month for some yeah, it was reason. A busy month for I don't one. know why. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and I think it, it it so many people were confused, understandably, because there are many editions. And even the original edition says it's not the original edition right on the cover. Right. And people are like, yeah. I'm not gonna read this unless I have the original original edition. It's like, well, you're not, well, there is no original edition. Like that that is it, you know. But
0: yeah. But go on Reddit for like five seconds, and people are arguing about mm-hmm. whether or not no, he says, he he says that it's Morgan Stern's book. And I right. looked it up, and there Morgan Stern was a real writer. And obviously it's his pen name. It's mm-hmm. very confusing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's obviously people who haven't read the books, so they don't understand. The... Or they
0: did when they were young. Or they did when
1: they were going to remember. It, yeah.
0: Like there are things, and honestly, having only listened to the audiobook, I feel like yeah, I probably missed out and was a little bit confused when I got the book and I was like, whoa, there's this whole part about Buttercup's baby and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there, I must have had an actually abridged. Story of the abridgment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole other half of a book for you to read.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have not gotten into that. And since I have not started our book for Ju- or January, I, I probably won't. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Put, put it on the back burner. But it, yeah. if, you, if you're if you just reading the core story of The Princess Bride, it is it is the movie beat for beat for all intents and purposes. Yeah. There's some dialogue. In the book, you get a much more clear idea that Buttercup is dumb and Wesley is an asshole. So also, some of their some of their exchanges in the book did not transfer over to the movie cuz Wesley isn't is all one, that likable sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: One thing that I really noticed is that like Humphrey was really practical at the beginning. Yeah. He was like like that's okay. Like royal marriages aren't usually for love. Mm -hmm. We can just hang out and be friends. And then out of nowhere, he's like, oh, actually, by the way, I, I, I hired kidnappers to Mm -hmm. kill my wife. Like,
1: (laughs) well, there's, there's, and there's sections that didn't make it where he's like, this chapter is all about how Humperdinck learned statecraft, statecraft from one of the, you know, the wisest politicians in the land. But he also learned the necessity for, royal murder. or something like that. It was like, he he became even more, he became even more practical and politically savvy, but he also became more Machiavellian in the process. So it's like, he got smarter, but more evil. So, but, and again, it's, it's, it's William Golden. But, but that chapter was boring and I cut that one too. So I
0: was going to say that really the only characters, whereas you do like Wesley and, and Buttercup more, but in this book, really, you just like Inigo and Fezzik. Yeah. I don't feel like there was anybody else that was as good. Also, I don't know. The miracle max was so much better in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, and with his, his stuff with his wife, maybe that was because of all the stuff with the wife in the book that they cut from the movie. Mm -hmm. And also from the abridged abridgment that I read. But I wonder if the, the wife who's teasing the miracle max in the movie is kind of to show that part of the book that that I didn't get because
1: a little bit. I mean, it does it does. There is a little bit from Goldman again saying that Morgan Stern based them on his parents, and so he probably heard them have this argument a hundred times throughout the course of his life. But I think that the, the the reason the movie section is better is just because Billy Crystal and Carol Kane uh, were were yeah. ad libbing the whole damn thing. You know, yeah. So, well, or at least a good chunk of because, it. Anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah, because there they weren't there wasn't much to that section. And I right, thought it was right. real fun in the movie right. as opposed to the book. So, yeah,
1: I think they just let them kind of go off and do whatever they wanted. So, I
0: mean, brilliant, brilliant plan, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I mean, it, it's 1987. You've got Billy Crystal, arguably the, the biggest comedian yeah. movie star. You might as well let him do whatever the hell he wants. You know, Yeah. So. absolutely. I think that was the plan.
0: Also, Rob Reiner is the one who does the audiobook, who is the director. Yep, yep. Yeah. So like you also get the feeling that he at least had a great appreciation for the book and mm-hmm. really like I don't feel like he was trying to do impressions of any of the actors in the book. However, I felt like some of the timing and that sort of stuff was yeah. very reminiscent of the movie. So I'm
1: sure it was. Could I heard everybody's voice while I read the book? Did you did you
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard when somebody else is reading it. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. Fezzik, to me, is so – and Anigo Montoya, too. Like, those two are so iconic. Yeah. And and there's no way for you to divorce Mandy Patinkum and Andre the Giant from Mm -hmm. their characters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it would be really tough to not have seen them that way. To
1: see them, yeah, yeah. There's there's a uh, Buttercup's baby in that chapter. There's a there's a nice section about the first time Inigo falls in love, or maybe the only time he falls in love. But it's so so you get some more Inigo too. But yeah, those two that chapter with their backstories with physics and Inigo's backstory, I think is is really the best part of the book. They're just such yeah, they're iconic characters. Like by far, they're they're the most enjoyable. and the m-
0: most likable.
1: Yes. honestly, the only mm-hmm. likable character. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, Which, by the coffee. way,
0: has anybody else seen that on TikTok, Mandy Patinkin's son puts his parents on TikTok, like asking them pop culture
1: questions? Mm-hmm.
0: And it's so good.
1: Well, they're just, yeah. If if you if, if you go back in the past and Mandy Patinkin's TikTok and Instagram, and, and while him and his wife were doing stuff during the pandemic, were making videos, and it was oh my gosh, it was lovely. It was really just like the two of them going, hey, it's tough out there. Keep your chins up, everybody, and and he would like do lines from his movies and stuff like that. But go back and watch those because they're delightful. But yeah, Mandy Patinkin is is he's a treasure. A treasure. He's, a, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do we have anything else? It's kind of a short book. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, depends on which version you read. If um if you get the 35th anniversary, which is which is the last version that's going to come out, or at least that's going to have any new stuff in it since Goldman died, you're looking at 430 pages. So I mean, it's it's decent sized. But yeah, I think it's. I think it's for what it is. I mean, it's an enjoyable read, and I think it's interesting to be able to see an author kind of revisit their arguably most famous work or most well-known work, and 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 see how. I mean, it's obviously William Goldman really loved everything about this book, and and he wanted to write that sequel. He just he just couldn't get there. You know, he he talked in interviews how so he was never quite able to get back to. Back to Florin, you know, he never, he just never got back on the right mindset again. So,
0: Kayla uh, says that the whole book is a never-ending troll for readers. That is so true.
1: Well, it's <laughs> that definitely is that.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: But I don't, I don't think they'll add anything else as far as writing goes. Maybe a new introduction every now and then for like the seventy-fifth anniversary or something. You know, if if Neil Gaiman will be what ninety-seven by that time, maybe you know he writes introductions for people's books all the times.
0: Did Did he write one for this book? I no, wrote, it was it was peace. <laughs> I couldn't
1: remember. He wrote the introduction for peace. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I picked up. I got. I got this for Christmas. The new Terry Pratchett oh. for a collection, and oh, uh, he, yeah. he wrote the intro for that one too.
0: Yeah, you'll have to let me know because uh, also Terry Pratchett. Those were the only ones that he was okay with releasing, right? Because he had all of his work run over by a steamroller after his death. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Which what I survived the steamroller. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think some of, I think some of the ones in there he probably forgot he wrote too because a lot of them are like from the 70s like from his initial writing gigs. So and he was writing under wow. a pen name for a while apparently too. So he he might not remember writing them wow. in the first place, but
0: Yeah. I honestly I need to get through like I have not read nearly enough of Discworld, but it's like forty books. Mm. Like it's yeah. a lot.
1: <laughs> it is a lot, but they're quick. Oh man, you can zip through one in a day, no problem. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that's right, sorry, uh, we're talking about S. Morganstern. Sorry. The Gondoliers was the other book written by S. Morganstern that I that I read. William Goldman is S. Morgan And I it was it was hadn't noticed. Right. And it was about the history of it takes place in Venice, and it's, it's about a, a workers' strike from the gondolier. The gondolier drivers all go on strike because they're not being appreciated. And it was fine. It was, it was okay. You know, it was very much a a book of its time. It didn't. It didn't have the 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 same you know magic or humor that that Princess Bride had.
0: I have a question though. Yes. Is it the book that you have the nostalgic feelings for or is it the movie? Or is it the movie? Because like I thought it was fun to to read to listen to the audiobook. However, all of the nostalgia, all of the feels were from the movie. And That's I don't the, know how you could yeah. divorce that cuz like I literally it came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. I was 4. Yeah. So like it was but I saw it shortly after that. I was a little little kid.
1: I think I mean I was like I said i I, I saw the movie when I was eight or nine, so you know, a couple years after it came out, most likely. but it's so hard for me to divorce anything from this movie or to like to 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 it's got such a special place in my heart. it was It was the movie when I was a kid that i I watched like I would rewind the tape and just watch it over again like i i I wore out copies. I' worn out copies. Of, of of that movie and then like i said i did i did the 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 live action version i got to to be an eagle montoy and say the lines and that was like what you are, were
0: an eagle montoy of course you Montoya. were yeah. that was the and, best, and, best and, role
1: and and that that really was that was that was that was the high point of my my college theater experience was playing that role you know for getting getting to do that for two weeks to do that silly voice and 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 Kill Rugan and stuff. I did. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I peaked at twenty two. It's it's true. But the book when I came when I came across the book, it was probably I was probably in my mid teens, maybe give or take. But it was the first time I'd read something with that with that framework with 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 the with with the author being such a, a an interjecting part of the book, like almost you know that that kind of mix of biography and of autobiography and, and world building. And I was really taken by that. You know, you if you if you read through any of, of the Babies and Broadswords books, you being you folks out there, I know you've read through them, Aaron. That's kind of how I write. I interject myself into the book constantly. Like I am I am in my writing. And I think a big part of it is is I'm not gonna say it's all William Goldman's fault, but it's definitely a big part of it.
0: Yeah, but I I feel it definitely has more Pratchett feels because it is in-world, yes. whereas it's not yes. out-of-world. True. So I, you know, and obviously, as somebody who is writing with you, and I think that at this point, after, I don't know how long we've been doing this now, Jason.
1: Two years. Two and a half take, years. Two and a half, yeah.
0: I feel like... I have a good hang on your writing mm-hmm. style and I try to when when writing babies, because you know, I've now written quite a bit of babies as well. And I do like I feel like it has more Pratchett mm-hmm. feels to it than this. Yeah. Where this is like a completely other story. And I'm trying to think of a point or a book. That's like that. And I can't really think of one even now mm-hmm. that is so I'll think of one after the stream. Yeah. Obviously,
1: of course. Well, yeah, but yeah, so I think it's the move. I think at the end of the day, it's the movie. It's it, it's very much yeah. the movie, but the book has a place, you know, in my, in my writing, I guess in my more intellectual I can definitely see the where it, it was a building block that, you know, I then threw a lot of Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams on top of, so, yeah. Uh, Wait a
0: second, though. But kind of, Peace kind of had some weird framings like that where you're like, he's telling you the story and he's telling you that the story is fake. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's got some... I think it's got a little bit of the same kind of feel.
1: And I think, and and that's, yeah. And I think you could tell some in peace when, when the author was speaking for himself. Peace Peace by Gene
0: Wolfe. Sorry. We are, we did this earlier in an earlier episode.
1: (laughs) Peace was, peace was one of our first books and it's, I think it's the most highest views that we've gotten.
0: It is wildly viewed. And I like, honestly, I know Rick says they don't like it, Mm-hmm. I understand that, however, peace is a book that probably people should read just for the intellectual exercise, yeah, of it. yes, it is a it is like calisthenics for your brain, and I'm really glad I did, even though it's hard, even mm-hmm. though it's sometimes it's a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and 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 the funny thing is about peace, it's the one that we keep mentioning. You know, we keep we keep talking yeah. about it after the fact. You know, I, we, I don't think we've talked about House Moving Castle once since we <laughs> since we read it. You know, but yeah, I can see what you're saying the the yeah yeah about the you can you can see where, they're out there and where the author where that where they're telling the story and then where the story is telling itself and yeah, yeah very much so.
0: It honestly makes me want to read more classic stuff for mm-hmm. the book club to come kind of look at it from, because I, I know we're all reading because we are nerds and we're all reading new fantasy. i read two like, books this week. Yep. <laughs> well, aren't you special because I have been reading the same one for three weeks. Cause like, I think it was so boring.
1: Book club um, got me reading again. I have to, I have to, I have to be, you know, if nothing else, but yeah, go ahead and say what you're saying. I
0: don't think I'm going to, get to that level again that was crazy
1: you read like a thousand books sure. sure. peace was my fault rick i think a is talking about how's moving castle which was their fault yeah but Definitely. yeah i agree i, I think
0: we I'll... all we all stinkers, guys. it's okay and honestly i don't regret reading any of the books from Priscilla.
1: no no i don't i would i would never read most of them again But I don't. That doesn't mean that
0: it isn't. And honestly, just the social aspect of it is really fun because, for the most part, reading is so such an isolated activity. Mm -hmm. Like we don't usually get to. I mean, outside of like, I watch people on book talk talk about their books. However, like that's not me discussing it with them. And even that's not them discussing it with people. They're just kind of telling you unless you are like in a discord doing that mm-hmm. which I really love I you know and we just are able to do that kind of throughout the month with our books even if we're a little late to the party
1: and I'm grateful for the ability that we have to do that. yes so Princess Bride are we are we recommending it?
0: I mean I wouldn't unrecommend it. <laughs> I also don't feel like I got the full experience with the you, audiobook. Honestly, I you didn't get not, the full
1: experience. Yeah, I would yeah. not
0: recommend. The thing is, is that when this was done, all I could get was I couldn't get it from my library. But the the way I could get it for cheap was that it was on sale through Audible, so it was ninety nine hmm. cents, and that was a deal that I could not pass up. But I think that you've got to read the whole thing. And I'm kind of upset, and I may revisit it because I didn't get the inter
1: interludes. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really what it sets it apart from from just a you know just a kind of silly fantasy book is 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 the juxtaposition of his real life and the, and the fantasy world that he's creating that is supposed to be the real world or whatever the case may be. But I think if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know that you'll get nearly as much out of the out of the oh
0: yeah, no
1: yeah, yeah. it'd be weird yeah I
0: mean I can't imagine like in this day and age people who would have done it in the other order would be it would be wild i can't, I, I, can't I, I just it.
1: can't imagine not having seen this movie you know but but yeah. I get you know but then again it is what
0: when I 87 mar- mar- I mean, it's old Steve. 35
1: years old yeah, yeah when
0: I married Stevie I hadn't watched it I but know. you made
1: him watch it right of course okay, but he doesn't right, have
0: right. the Nostalgia for it, like you should.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Weirdo that he is. <laughs> he's I think got. I up, don't though. know. He's yeah. like such a movie nerd, and I don't know how this escaped him, but that's another story.
1: No accounting for taste, I guess. Even, I guess.
0: Even I when mean, you're seven, marry yeah, me.
1: yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that.
0: <laughs> I know. I was teasing. So, for January, which we are already very far into, <laughs> we're reading Perception Check by Astrid Knight, mm-hmm. which I just got my copy in the mail not a couple days ago, I think.
1: I just downloaded but, my copy tonight, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're going to do that. They are I, – I don't know that this book is traditionally published, which maybe means it's our first indie published book.
1: I think it is. It, it, they're they're – published through Amazon the same way we are, I think. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's what the the situation was. Yep.
0: I am stoked. Honestly, there obviously is a lot to be said of the publishing process. And I'm sure that anybody who reads Babies and Broadswords will find typos and nonsense that we didn't missed. Although they have those in regular books as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. And also as Indie, Published authors, I think it's great to do that. I also, like I said, I think yeah, yeah, we're also going to be pretty soon getting back into trans rights readathon territory, and I think we're planning some to do some some books for that as well. Cool. But yeah, will
1: will there be any more snake penises in our trans books?
0: You know, one can only hope.
1: That was was a call back to another episode. So yeah,
0: we were, we were afraid we wouldn't have anything to say. Yeah. There were, there was just too,
1: I think we did <laughs> so, fine. So yeah. thank you very much uh, for joining us on the, on the live stream. And uh, thank you for listening after the fact uh, or watching us on YouTube or however you came across us. We are Aaron and Jason from even footing games. We are a game company. We write and produce and sell games and we play them as well check out our discord. That's the best way to get in contact with us. If you want to chat about more books and stuff, uh, or just,
0: it's a, it's a wild and crazy place, but we love our community. there.
1: No squares allowed, man. No, you can come. You're just going to get weirded out by stuff.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But
1: but from all of us at even footing games, this has been even book notes and even footnotes and we will even footnotes. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.